0: One, Luke chapter one, I have a word that's burning in my heart this morning. I know it sounds like I say it a lot, but uh, that's how a minister should come to a service with a word burning in the heart to share with the people. Amen. That should be the normal. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Luke chapter 1, verse 37. Very simply. It says, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Say that with me. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Now listen, I want to point something out here. I want you to notice something about that one verse. It doesn't say that nothing is impossible. It doesn't say that, does it? No. But it does say, with God nothing will be impossible. See, I said it before and I'm going to say it again. I'm going to stick to this till I go to my grave when I'm an old man and I live a satisfied life. Are you hearing me? You plus God is a majority in every situation, in every circumstance you're ever going to face on this earth. The key is this. Making sure that you are staying with God In the midst of your trial. In the midst of, with God in the midst of your trial. You see, don't lose sight of God and his word in the storms of life. Now today, I want to go through the account of David and Goliath. A very popular uh, story, very popular account. But I want to pull out some things that I really feel are going to minister to you that are here, those of you listening uh, uh, to the CD and those watching around the world. I believe this is a word in due season. And there's some great points that we can pull out of this account that will really build our faith, I believe. So if I have entitled this message, Facing the Giants. Facing the Giants. You see, let me just set the stage a little bit. Goliath was a Philistine, and the Philistines was an enemy of Israel, the people of God. And Goliath was a giant of a man. He stood approximately nine foot nine. Nine foot nine. So basically, a let's put that in perspective. A basketball hoop is ten feet. So just a little lower than a basketball hoop, there stands Goliath. Have you ever faced a circumstance that seemed to be a giant, that seemed to tower over you on this earth? We all have. Let me set the stage a little bit more. David was the youngest son in his family. And while the older brothers were battling the enemy, the Philistines, David was being used as a messenger and a delivery boy. He was being used to deliver food, deliver goods and messages to his brothers and to the soldiers that were in the battle fighting against the Philistines. Are you with me? But I want to tell you right now, one day that all changed for David. So let's begin reading at First Samuel chapter 17. And I want to start off reading uh, verses 23 through 27. If you're there, say amen. If you're not, say oh me. Uh, Okay. Verse 23 I'm going to start with here. In 1 Samuel 17. Then as he talked with them, there was the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines. And he spoke according to the same words. So... Goliath was taunting the the people of God, the army of God. So David heard them. David heard Goliath defying the true and living God. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich Israel with great riches, will give him his daughter and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. Tell you, wouldn't that be good to be exempt from all taxes in the United States, huh? (laughs) Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine? that he should defy the armies of the living God. And the people answered him in this manner, saying, So shall it be done for the man who kills him. Every time Goliath would approach God's people, the army, the so-called army of Israel, they would flee in fear at the sound of the voice of Goliath. At the sight of that giant, at the words of Goliath, when they heard it, when they seen him, they would get fearful and they would flee. You know, it sounds like some Christians that are constantly on the run from the devil. They're afraid of him and uh, afraid of the devil and evil spirits. Come on, they fear the devil more than they fear God. They give more attention, they pay more attention to the enemy more than God. And those people fail to realize the authority that they have been given through the Lord Jesus Christ over Satan and evil spirits. And yes, even over circumstances in life. Go to Luke 10, 19. Hallelujah. I'm talking about facing the giants. Luke 10, 19. Listen to this. The words in my Bible are red. The red letter edition. Meaning that Jesus Christ himself said this. He said, behold, I give you, the believer, the Christian, the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, Satan and evil spirits, and over all the power of the enemy. Say all. All. Not just some, all. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's the word of the living God. Now listen, there was not one person in the army of Israel that would face Goliath and take him head on. Not one. Now David started off, like I said, he started off as a delivery boy. But when David heard Goliath speak against the true and living God, he became furious. Follow me on this now. David had a righteous anger rise up on the inside of him. As Christians, come on, we need to have the same righteous anger rise up in us against Satan and against evil spirits. Against anything that is against the word of God that comes into our life, we need a righteous anger against it. Don't accept the package of the devil. You need to refuse the package with everything you got and take authority over the enemy in the name of Jesus Christ. Now David called Goliath an uncircumcised Philistine. What does that mean? It means that Goliath was not in covenant with God. Goliath was an enemy of God. And David said, how dare you speak? And defy the God of Israel, the true and living God. Look at 1 Samuel 17, 28 through 33 now. Now Eliab, his older brother, David's older brother, heard when he spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. And David said, What have I done now? Is there not a cause? Then he turned from him toward another and said the same thing, and these people answered him as the first ones did. Now when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul, and he sent for him. Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. For you are a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. There is rich stuff packed in here. David's brother Eliab, the older brother, listen, he became jealous he became angry, he became offended at David for this simple reason. Because he, ha- he and the others were too faithless, too chicken to have a head-to-head confrontation with the enemy. In other words, Eliab, David's older brother, said to David, who do you think you are? In Eliab's jealousy, he was mistaking, listen to me people, Eliab was mistaking faith, trust, and confidence in God as pride. Now you got to follow me on this. Listen, Eliab was mistaking faith, trust, and complete confidence in God as pride. When in reality... That is 100% humility. Oh, you got to take this right now. Because the world says humility is, oh, I'm worthless, I'm a dirtbag, I can't do anything. No, true biblical humility is saying, I trust the word of God. And I'm going to stand on the word of God. That is 100% humility relying on God and fighting the good fight of faith to advance the kingdom of God. True, godly, biblical humility is bold to stand on the word of God. The word of God says, the righteous are as bold as a lion. Listen to me. I want you to notice something here. That it was David's brother (laughs) It was David's brother that got angry at him for this. What can we learn from this? I'm going to share with you a sad truth right now. Are you ready for this? Many times the enemy is not your biggest problem. Many times it's other brothers and sisters in Christ that are trying to discourage you from facing the giants and facing the enemies in your life. Oh, you can't do that. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are standing on the word of God and making that kind of confession? I'll tell you who I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Come on. I'm a child of God. God the Father, the true and living God is my daddy. Right. Are you hearing me? That's who I am. Now if you have a problem with that, you talk to God about it. Go talk to my father about it. My heavenly father that is. You see it's those carnal and negative Christians that do much damage in the body of Christ. They're the ones that try they walk around with spiritual fire extinguishers. Someone first gets saved they're on fire for the Lord. Oh now now you need a little wisdom here. Oh, you know what? You're going to lose that a little time into. Well, you know what? It shouldn't be that way. We need to keep the fire. We need to keep it hot. We need to keep it burning. We need the fire of God burning in our hearts. In reality, those brothers and sisters in Christ, in reality, they're being used by the enemy in those circumstances. They are speaking the very words of hell to try and discourage you from standing up for righteousness and kicking down the gates of hell. I'm telling the truth this morning. You know I am. We've all been there. Amen? We've all heard it. We've seen those those believers who say these things. That is why Scripture, the Word of God, Tells us to be very careful who you choose to hang out with. Who you choose to allow to be in that inner circle of your life. Because I'll tell you right now. They will drop your spiritual temperature very quickly. Oh yeah, well I can change them. I'll tell you what. You better look out for your own heart in that situation. Are you hearing me? See, carnal Christians, they they do not understand faith. They do not understand the kingdom of God. They are blinded by natural circumstances and they count the word of God as common. Now, in verse 29 when Eliab rebuked David for his faith, for David's boldness, David said to him, is there not a cause? See, carnal Christians can't stand to see, they can't stand to hear a radical Christian. It makes their skin crawl because they don't, have, they don't understand faith. Are you hearing me? They're unlearned. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. They're unlearned. Amen? You see, they can't understand. You know, I don't know why I'm going off on this, but I really felt like I needed to say this this morning. They can't understand why we get so radical, so passionate with certain topics, such as abortion. I say to those people, to those. Brothers and sisters in Christ, is there not a cause? Listen to me. Like David, we have a righteous anger against anything and everything that's against God. Anything that misrepresents God, that mi- misrepresents His Word, anything that would pervert and twist the Word of God. I say, is there not a cause? Specifically, I felt like I needed to go this way real quick here about abortion. Listen to me. Is there not a cause? Millions of unborn children being murdered. <clears throat> Listen. And re- really, knowingly or unknowingly, they're being sacrificed to the God of this world, Satan. That's right. Knowingly or unknowingly. That's Listen to me now. Satan and evil spirits take great pleasure every time the unborn is murdered. Great pleasure. Because Satan and evil spirits, they want to steal, kill, and destroy humanity. They hate God. Therefore, the enemy hates what God loves. Did you catch that? Satan and evil spirits hate God, therefore the enemy hates what God loves. And the word of God says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Never forget this truth. God loves people. He created us and the enemy hates us. Are you hearing me? But listen, yes, God loves everybody. But you know what God's desire is? God's desire is for you, the unbeliever, for you, the unbeliever, to repent from your sin and to turn to him, making Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. Listen to this now. If you are listening to me me right now, if you're watching me right now, and you are pregnant, and you are considering an abortion, I beg you not to go through with it. You will have to stand before God one day in the very near future to give an account for your actions. And listen, God will bless you for choosing life for your child. I'm speaking to someone listening to me or watching me right now. God will bless you for choosing life for your child. God will supernaturally provide all of your needs and your child's needs, I'm telling you right now. God has a great plan and great purpose for that child. Don't play God, don't give in to the temptations of Satan and evil spirits. That when they're throwing those thoughts into your mind, oh, this is going to be easy. This is the easy way out. I'm telling you right now, it's a lie from the pits of hell. It's not the easy way out. And you will live with regret and consequences for the rest of your life. Choose life for that child. Don't ever forget this. Your mom did. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. But listen to me now. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Listen to me. If you are listening to me, if you're watching me right now, if you had an abortion in the past, God will forgive, God will heal you. If you turn to Him and make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, You can have a new beginning right now. Think about it. Now I want to get back to David and Goliath. In 1 Samuel 17, 31 through 32, what we read shortly shortly or a while back, King Saul sent for David when he heard the bold words that David spoke. And in verse 33, King Saul told David that he was not able to face the giant. He was not able to face Goliath because David was just a youth. Listen to me. Let me say this. In the kingdom of God, age has nothing to do with your ability to face and conquer the giants. It has nothing to do with you facing the enemy and being effective. It has everything to do with the amount of confidence, the amount of trust, the amount of childlike faith that you possess in God and his word. That's the missing link right there. Listen to me. I've seen Christian children, seven, 10-year-old kids, casting demons out of people. By simply giving the command. Come out in Jesus' name. Listen to me. Has nothing to do with age. In the kingdom of God. Whether you're you're seven. Whether you're 90 or 100. Has nothing to do with it. Did you know that you can be spiritually. Be a spiritual baby. In the kingdom of God. And be 100 years old or higher. Has nothing to do. With physical age. 1 Samuel 17. 34 through 37. Says, but David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Seeing that he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, He will, say will, deliver me. From the hand of this Philistine and Saul said to David go and the Lord be with you hallelujah listen David is telling Saul all of the times that he had to protect the sheep protect the lambs by killing a lion and killing a bear with his own hands David was basically saying look God was with me in those situations and God's not going to let me down right now. I said it before. I I believe maybe I said it last week even. We need to look back at God's faithfulness in the past to draw strength for the present. There is nothing wrong with that. Well, doesn't the word say press forward, don't look back? That's talking about negative things. Are you hearing me? It's okay to look back at God's faithfulness. To draw strength. Finally Saul gave in and said, okay, you convinced me, go and the Lord be with you. Or maybe he was saying, kid, get out of my hair, you're not going to give up, I don't want to hear you anymore, I don't know. But whatever, he said, go and the Lord be with you. Some, or I'm sorry, 1 Samuel 17, 38-40. So Saul clothed David with his armor. And he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk. For he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these. For I have not tested them. So David took them off. Then he took His staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, in a pouch which he had, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. This is awesome. Are you ready for this, people? I'm stalling, I gotta take a drink. All right, here we go. Saul tries to put his armor and his weapons on David for the battle and it didn't fit what can we draw from that several things first of all what we think we need to fight to win a battle in life is not always god's plan god takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise the word of god says in fact listen to this God may have you do something that is so contrary to your natural mind. You want to know why he has us do that sometimes? So he will get all the glory. And he will get all the credit for the victory and breakthrough. And that's why the word of God says in 1 Corinthians 2.5 that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men but in the power or ability of God. Are you hearing me? What else can we draw from this? The the armor didn't fit. Here you go. You ready for this? Here's a deep truth right here. Don't try to imitate other people. Saul tried to put his armor on David. It didn't fit. Didn't work. In fact, if David would have went out in the battlefield with it, he probably would have gotten killed. Didn't fit. Don't try to imitate other believers. Don't try to wear other people's armor. Are you hearing me? Don't try to fill other people's shoes. You have your own shoes. See, God has custom made you and custom made me. He didn't make a mistake when he created us. He has given us specific giftings. A custom personality. Now, don't now listen. Don't twist that. That it does not give you a license to go out and be rude. Are you hearing me? I'm not talking about that. All right, I'm not talking about that. But God's custom made us. He give it, He's given us our uh, custom giftings. Custom personality, and He will flow through you that way. You don't have to act like a, a Benny Hinn. You don't have to act. Are you hearing me? Walk in your own shoes. Many times people want to copy others. Someone gets a breakthrough, we want to make a formula out of it, right? That's human nature, right? Now listen, we are to follow kingdom principles in the Word. Those, yeah, you bet, copy those. Follow me as I follow Christ. Are you hearing me? We are to follow kingdom principles that are found in the Word of God. But we are not supposed to follow, listen, man-made rituals and man-made formulas to approach the Lord. See, the life of a Christian does not consist of man-made rituals and man-made formulas, but rather a personal relationship with your Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ. Now, your actions should flow from that intimate relationship with Him, not from trying to copy the most popular minister on television. Are you hearing me? You be who God has made you to be in Christ. Well, I'm worthless. I can't do nothing. Oh, no, you're not worthless. You have a purpose. You have a job to do. Don't even use that excuse. Are you hearing me? We're all members of the body of Christ. We all have a function. You just got to determine what's my giftings, what's, you know, what's my personality, what do I, and, and God, the Holy Spirit, will show you where to fit in. You need to fit in. Are you hearing me? See, you be who God has made you to be in Christ and flow with that. That is when you will be the most effective to face the giants and enemies that come in your life. You know, even even talking about it, that's in a personal sense. How about in a corporate, local church setting? See, There are some local churches that specialize in certain outreaches or whatever. But some churches might not be called to specialize in that specific area of ministry. Don't try to wear armor that doesn't belong to you. See everyone it's always a formula. Well oh the purpose driven church Uh, well it worked for Rick Warren out there in California so what happens? There's a book and I'm going to follow everything to a T. Guess what? It doesn't work that way. You need to be led by the Holy Ghost. Not one church, not one local congregation is the same. Uh, Amen? Now that, come on now, that's not an excuse to go outside of the word either. Are you hearing me? That's not an excuse to go liberal on us. Are you hearing me? You stick with the principles in the word. One thing may have worked for one church, it it flops for another. Why? You need to get God's battle plan for it. Amen? Hallelujah. Saul's armor didn't fit David. David said, I cannot. Say cannot. I cannot walk with these. I have not tested them. (laughs) David's saying, I'm not about to go out on that field with these. I can't hardly move. I'd get, I'd get slaughtered out there by the enemy. So David threw off Saul's armor. And David took, underline it, his own staff in his hand. He had his slingshot. And he chose five smooth stones from the brook. What, what's interesting is this. Listen to this. What's interesting about that? Is that the Holy Spirit many times is compared to water. The Holy Spirit is compared to a river. The Holy Spirit is compared to a brook. A flowing uh, brook. Flowing water. Follow me here. And we are to come against the enemy with the word of God. When Jesus was in the wilderness. Tempted by Satan. Matthew chapter 4. Jesus simply came against the enemy by saying it is written and he quoted scriptures. Now, follow me on this. I see in this passage here, I I see the stones, the five smooth stones that David picked up as promises to the Christian in the Word of God. Now, how do we tie all that together? It is the Holy Spirit, the river, the brook, that will bring verses or promises in the Bible to your remembrance to be used in each battle, in each specific circumstance that you face. Did you catch that? If not, request a free CD later. The Holy Spirit is our helper in this battle, in the battle. His mission, the Holy Spirit's mission, is to help you and I, Christians, to be victorious on this earth. Quickly, John fourteen twenty six. John fourteen twenty six. The words are in red, and it's Jesus himself doing the speaking here. It says, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. You know, if the Holy Spirit's supposed to bring things to our remembrance... That must mean then, in the midst of our battles, the tendency is to forget the word by default. Are you hearing me? That's why we need to rely on the Holy Spirit. He's the one that gives us the battle plan. He's the one that says, here, use this scripture for this situation you're in. Speak this scripture over your situation. Are you hearing me? The Holy Spirit teaches us Christians how to war. How to to defeat the Goliaths that come against us in life. The Holy Spirit will, like I said, give us the battle plan. Psalm 144 verse 1 says this. Blessed be the Lord, my rock. Lord, take me to the rock that's higher than I. Remember last week? Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. In 1 Samuel 17, 41 through 44, I'm not going to read it, but basically Goliath is taunting. He's belittling David, belittling David. Alright, so now let's pick up on 1 Samuel 17, 45 through 47 as we get close to finishing up here. It says, then David said to the Philistine, to Goliath, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Now, wait a minute. Can you imagine? David is standing in front of Goliath with all of these weapons. Yet David is hanging in there. He's still bold. The God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. And I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with the sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands." Listen to me, this is so important, I'm not going to go deep into it because I just preached on it a couple few weeks ago, how to release your faith. But David was verbally releasing his faith in God and declaring the victory over Goliath before it came to pass. Well, that's just word of faith stuff. No, that's Bible stuff. Your spoken word is so powerful. In fact, much of the problems that we encounter are from us agreeing with the devil with our spoken word. We need to speak in line with what God says and who we are in Christ. Amen? 48 and 49 of 1 Samuel 17. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and he slung it and just one scripture from God can take out the enemy. Are you hearing me? And struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell uh, fell on his face to the earth. Listen to me. I want you to notice out of that passage here, David ran toward the enemy. Say toward the enemy. David ran toward the enemy. He didn't run away from him. He ran toward him. David was on the offensive. Not the defensive. He was on the offensive. Now this is so important. We need, we ought not to be on the run against the devil. We need to be running toward the enemy and putting him to flight in the name of Jesus. Because there's nothing more than Satan fears, nothing that Satan fears the most than a Christian who knows their authority in Christ. Are you hearing me? They know who they are in Christ and it makes Satan fearful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, David was an underdog in the natural. David was the underdog in the world's eyes. But he came out of the battle victorious because his faith was not in anything in the natural. Not even in his own ability. But in God. He had unwavering faith. What's your faith in today? What's your faith in today? Oh, I like to say this. Write this down. If you have a pen and pencil or a pencil, pen and paper. Listen. David's faith was in the faithfulness of God. Isn't that good? David's faith was in the faithfulness of God. See, God will never let you down. He'll never let me down. We just simply need to stay with Him. With God. All things are possible. With God. Say, with God. And lastly here, out of First Samuel 17, verse, verses 50 and 51. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. God takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword, and drew it out of its sheath, and killed him, and cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. The Word of God says in Isaiah fifty-four seventeen. And this is a promise to you, the believer, that no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Say this with me. No weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. I want to read this whole verse. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue, every spoken word, which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. That word curse that's been spoken against your life, you have the authority in the name of Jesus to speak the opposite and condemn or make null and void that word curse. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Now, I want you to notice something. A heritage needs to be claimed. It's not automatic. You need to claim the promises of God. Someone leaves you money in a will, guess what? There's some steps you have to go through to go get that money. Amen? You have to work through the courts, probate court. Well, with this, you've got to go through the courts of heaven. Legally, it belongs to you. But are you experiencing it? Are you putting it into action? Are you hearing me? I'm telling you right now, the devil's a legalist. It's getting kind of quiet in this Presbyterian church. I thought I was at the first church of the brethren here. Come on now) <laughs> God is looking for and desiring for his people to fully rely on him. I'll tell you right now you ready for this? God loves to take the underdog in the world's eyes and lift him up and carry him to victory. God loves it when he knows when the world looks and says man there's no way in the natural that could have happened. Are you hearing me? But then God gets all the glory, all the praise. And God is ready and willing to help you and I face the giants that are tormenting us in life. The giant of fear, the giant of poverty, the giant of sickness, the giant of disease. You name it for your situation. See, don't try to ignore and run from the battle. You need to run toward the enemy and put him to flight in the name of Jesus. Don't allow the giant to torment you anymore. The devil roams about seeking uh, roams about this earth, seeking whom he may devour. Those who allow him to, to torment. Right. He's looking for that open door. He's looking for that invitation. It's time to close the door to the enemy. It's time to take that invitation away, right now. You need to speak to that mountain. Speak to that enemy as David did. Speak to that situation with the Word of God. And with simple, I said simple, childlike faith, you will come out victorious. And everyone will know that it was God that pulled you out of the pit and set your feet on solid ground. Psalm 20 verse 7. Psalm 20 verse 7 says this, and I love it. Some trust in chariots. Some trust in horses or natural things. saying, But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. All you and I need to face and destroy the giants that we come up against in this life is found in the name of Jesus Christ and in the written word of God. And we are guaranteed, I'm telling you right now, we're guaranteed victory every time. Now if you agree with that, say amen and let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. Facing the giants, not running away, but facing the giants. Now maybe there's someone in this place. You said, that's great, Pastor James. Sounds wonderful. But I'm on the outside looking in. I'm not a Christian. I've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. You can do it right now. You can do it right now. Make Jesus Lord of your life. And you can know that heaven is yours for an eternity. First of all, if you're in this place, you never made Jesus Lord of your life, I want you to come forward today. And I want to pray with you the confession of the faith that's rising up within you right now, that you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He shed his blood on the cross of Calvary. He was dead, literally he was dead for three days but he arose from the dead and Jesus is alive forevermore. Can you hear me? If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, I want you to come forward right now. Those of you watching on the internet around the world, if you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, right now, repeat this after me. Mean it with your whole heart. Say, God, I am a sinner. But I realize I believe your word. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That he shed his blood on the cross. Died and rose again the third day. You raised him up and he's alive forevermore. Amen. And I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. you did that by faith you're born again. Just like that it's simple. By faith. Maybe there's someone in here you strayed away from the Lord. You made Jesus Lord of your life at one point, but frankly right now you don't know if you died right now. You took your last breath right now. You don't know if you would go up or down. That's a terrible place to be. If you don't know that you know that Jesus is the Lord of your life or you strayed so far, you're confidence of your salvation is gone. come forward. I want to pray with you right now. You got breath in your lungs. It's not too late. But the moment you take your last breath, it's too late. There's nothing we can do. There's nothing you can do. Amen? Maybe you're in this place. You're a Christian. You love the Lord. You say, man, the Christian life's boring. You haven't even entered the starting gate of Christianity. You've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. I want you to come forward. And I want to pray with you to, to receive the Holy Spirit baptism. To receive power. Jesus said, you shall receive power once the Holy Spirit's come upon you. Out there in TV land, if you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism as a Christian, it's all by faith. You simply say this. Heavenly Father, you said in your word that you would baptize that, that you would give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. I ask you now to baptize me, fill me to overflowing with your Holy Spirit. Mean it with your whole heart, it's done by faith. Maybe you're in this place, you need a healing in your physical body, and your emotions. Turn the music up just a little bit there. You need a physical healing, you just need prayer for something that's on your heart. I want you to come up forward, and I want to agree with you. I, I just feel faith rising up in me to agree with you for whatever it is you're looking for today. Amen. The rest of you, I want you to worship the Lord as the music plays. And I want you to examine your heart. Even when you get home, I want you to make a list. What are the giants in your life? Write down on a piece of paper what the giants are in your life that keep tormenting you. That keep taunting you. Write those giants down, and you need to go back to the Word and find scriptures that's going to come again. You need to pick those five smooth stones from the Word. Amen? If you need prayer this morning, come forward. The rest of you
1: just worship the Lord.
0: Shout unto God. Shout unto God. Amen. God. Well, did you get anything out of today? Now, if we're still live on the internet right now, are we live on the internet? All right. You on the internet, tune in this Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. We're going live with our healing and miracle service. We're going to see God do awesome things around the world. Amen? So we say so long to you on the internet. Thanks for tuning in today. All right. We're offline. Now, uh, here we go. We got some announcements here. So